Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, everybody. Howdy ho ho. Welcome to episode 30 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are taking you with us for a weekend getaway to Palm Desert for a girl's trip. Girl's trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we had been eyeballing this specific hike in Palm Desert for a while. I think we might have found it on Instagram or just Googling different blogs and stuff. So we finally decided to make a weekend trip out of it. And we added in adventures in Joshua Tree National Park as well. The hike that I'm talking about is Painted Canyons. And we were able to explore the Salton Sea and other strange things that you can find in Palm Desert. Lots of strange things in the desert. It sounds like a perfect weekend getaway for you girls. And due to the fact that you're late labeling it as a girl's trip and took it as a girl's trip. Clearly, I was excluded from this little adventure. However, I did have a nice weekend all by myself. Brittany left me here all home alone. I was so lonely. Oh, boo-hoo. I know. Oh, I didn't go on this trip either, Jamal, so don't feel too bad. I had to pull out last minute, but <laughs> it was taken by Britt, Kim, Deja, Brittany's niece, Che, and Chelsea, also known as the Chelsea's. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear all the details about this trip because from what I hear it was a real hoot. It, it was. was. So we're going to start this episode off with a few tips and right away the biggest tip we learned is pack a lunch. There was not a lot of places to eat at around Joshua Tree, which is our first day. As you can imagine, the desert is pretty deserted. Yes, it is. Is this a tip you learned or implemented? Learned. Learned. Uh, Yes. (laughs) This was pretty early in our travel days, and this was our first girls trip and road trip together. So I think we learned a lot in general about road tripping and prepping for a road trip on this trip. Yeah, and I would also say have a plan, kind of like know the route that you're trying to take. There were several things that we kind of did spur the moment, which was fun, but you can always have a plan and kind of plan for those things too. Yeah. And because we were in the desert and things are deserted, download maps on Google Maps beforehand because there are areas that you're going to go through that may not have service and being able to route to your next destination is necessary. So I do recommend downloading Google Maps and downloading an offline map to access later is crucial. Yeah. I mean, you're telling us this is one of the first ones you guys did built the foundation for a lot of road tripping advice but this what Brittany just said is something that we do all the time now is download google maps because you never know when you're going to run out of service and if you download it you can access it like as if you have service and you'll never be lost that way very important another tip last tip before we get into it is you probably don't want to do this kind of a trip in the summer because it's very very hot in the desert it can be over 110 degrees 
stories. So we went, I believe it was October. Oh, okay. It was October. End of October. So it was actually getting pretty chilly at night. And so this is a, was a great time to go. In the day, it wasn't too cold, but we did have some layers on so we can shed them if we needed or put it back on if we needed. And it was perfect. Yes, it was. So let's start our day off on Saturday. We're going to walk you through this trip. We packed up our car. Five girls, no empty seats, myself, Kim, Deja, Che, and Chelsea, and we drove to Joshua Tree. Yeah, I think we left at like 5 a.m. Yeah. And I drove because when Jamal's not around, I'm usually the one that drives. Okay. Unless they're windy roads, unless, though, right, I was going to say. <laughs> unless, unless it's windy roads, it's in which case you don't want me behind the wheel. And okay. who do you default to drive then? <laughs> you. <laughs> which is so funny because when we road trip, just even Brittany and I alone, like she's not fucking getting behind the driver's seat. So just imagining her road tripping mm-hmm. and being the pilot for you ladies, I just find that to be an anomaly. I know for sure on the way back, we came from East San Diego into San Diego and you had to drive because we were on windy roads. Well, you started the drive and, and then you couldn't out. finish it. <laughs> Kim had a freak out. I didn't have a freak out. I wouldn't call it a freak out. (laughs) (laughs) And she pulled over and I drove. But our drive to Joshua Tree was about three, three and a half hours. And because we left so early, we hadn't had breakfast yet. So we did stop before we hit the national park and had breakfast at a little mom and pop shop on the way. Mm-hmm. Take us through the spread. I'm just kidding. Basic diner food. <laughs> Basic diner mom food. Mom and pop desert food. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't anything that stands out to me from the menu, but I know we enjoyed it and we moved on mm-hmm. through our little trip. So what did you ladies do in Joshua Tree? So our goal for Joshua Tree was to do a hike. We love hiking. This was kind of a hiking weekend getaway trip. So we wanted to hike a specific trail called the Lost Horse Mine Loop Trail. Oh, that's that's a mouthful. <laughs> Say that four times fast. Lost horse mine loop trail. Lost horse mine loop trail. Lost horse mine loop trail. I couldn't even get through two for Brittany and you stuttered at one. I don't even want to attempt it. Sound Like I said, sounds like a mouthful. But before you get to the entrance to the national park, you do go through a little town. And on the way, we did see a 59 cent dig your own cactus sign. And we're like, oh, we want to go back after we do the hike. So we kept that in mind. So we headed on over to the trailhead. And the highlight of the trail is viewing the old mine that was in the area. This mine once used to produce more than 10,000 ounces of gold and 16,000 ounces of silver. That was probably back in the 1900s. It doesn't produce anything anymore, but it's still there. It's abandoned, I take it then. Yes, Yes. they moved along. Did you look for gold on the floor? Nope, but we did see a dead rabbit. We did. (laughs) (laughs) That's gold too, I guess. I don't don't know. I guess if you're an animal looking for breakfast, that's gold. <laughs> it was about a six and a half mile loop. There weren't many people on it at all. So we were out in the vast desert kind of by ourselves for most of it, which is pretty cool. I have a question for you guys. We get to ask this a lot, right? How do you choose your trail? So like what made you choose the lost horse mine loop trail? Any, anytime I see a hike that's less than six miles, I'm kind of not into it. So that's usually well, you my... have been as of late. <laughs> She's over 30 now. She's over 30. Hey, hey, hey. I can still trek it. Okay. So six miles is about like where I like to see and I like to do moderate hikes. I don't want to do a fucking walk in the park because it's a waste of my time unless it's a really beautiful walk in the park. So that's usually where I start. I mean, we'll go down to four or up higher, whatever. So that's where we started. This one was six and a half. It wasn't as strenuous. It probably wasn't even a moderate hike. No, there were a couple parts maybe, but for the most part, it was pretty light. 
And that's what most of the hikes are like in Joshua Tree. There's not big mountains you're climbing up and down. Right. But this hike we also chose because of the history. You know, we learned that miners were moving from the Sierras into the desert. And this Lost Horse Mine was an exception of the mines that produced in the area. A lot of them went out of business very quickly. And this one produced so much silver and so much gold in the early 1900s. It was the exception of the mines. And I know you said that this was just a modern hike but on the national park website it says in summer this is a very strenuous hike due to the heat Mm -hmm. and there's no shade there's no shade at all whatsoever and so it's not recommended to do this trail in the middle of summer because there's so much risk for sun exposure and dehydration there are a lot of joshua trees along this hike which are cute i I would hope so being in joshua tree national park so You know, when you think of hiking, sometimes you think of like forested mountain hikes. And this just wasn't that. The desert is the desert. And it was a desert. So there's trees, there's cacti, Joshua trees. And that's about it. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) I know I didn't go on this one with you ladies, but Brittany and I alone have been to Joshua Tree National Park. And when you say Joshua trees, they pretty much look like cactuses with pine needles, not like real needles that you would imagine from a cactus, but they're not very thick tree trunk style trees. So they don't even give you any shade. So when you say Joshua tree and just keep in mind, you're really in the desert. There is no shade. They pretty much almost look like cactuses, Mm -hmm. even though they're not cacti. Right. No shade at all from the Joshua trees. But we finished up this loop and because, you know, we again we went in October it wasn't very hot we're like all right we can do some more hiking more exploring in the area and we headed over to a different area of the park and we went on a another trail called the Hidden Valley Trail it's only a mile loop so it's nothing hardcore but one of the other defining characteristics of Joshua Tree National Park are the boulders it's a big rock climbing destination and this loop trail had a lot of boulders so you could kind of parkour around and see the boulders and they're just they're massive they can be very tall. So it is kind of a sight to see. I know we say boulders and you're thinking like, okay, but it actually is a pretty sight to see. Yeah. As we were driving over from the Lost Horse Mine Trail to this area, we did see people bouldering along the way and we were like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. And then once we were at this trail, we saw them up close because they were bouldering on the rocks that was making this hidden valley. And the hidden valley is rock enclosed and it's rumored to have been used by cattle rustlers to like entrap cattle in the area. You know, speaking of the bouldering, it reminds me again, Brittany, of when we were there and we saw that and I had no clue of that when we went to the park that this is a very big destination for people to do bouldering or climbing. And when people are bouldering, they're pretty much free climbing on these Mm -hmm. big stones high up. So, you know, they fall, they fall, but there was a lot of people doing it. Correct term for that is free solo. So, wow, that's really cool that you saw that out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I was saying, we did the two hikes in Joshua Tree National Park. I just want to interject that Jamal and I did do Joshua Tree on our own later. And we did a hike called 49 Palms Oasis. And it was about three miles round trip. And this was probably the most elevation gain and loss that we saw. It's about 
300 feet down into a fan palm oasis. And this oasis does have shade at the bottom. Do you remember that hike, Jamal? Yeah, I remember it a little bit. I remember that it was actually quite popular. A lot of people were on it. And it was really cool to go down in there because the little oasis area that Brittany was talking about, you know, you get down there and for the most part, like Kim was saying, it is flat. I mean, we are talking about the bouldering, but there aren't trails to go up there unless you're actually like climbing it yourself or doing something. But yet this trail led you in to be between like two little small cliffs. So it was almost, again, its own hidden oasis of sorts. And it was actually having vegetation and shade. It was really, really pretty. And although there were Joshua trees in that area, there was a lot of palm trees. And that was like the fan palm that was providing the shade for us. And just a little tip, if you don't want to pay an entrance fee into the National Park, that specific hike, it's on the edge of the park. So you don't have to pay the entrance fee to go hike this specific hike. Squad tip. Squad Squad tip. tip. Squad tip. (laughs) So back to the girls trip. So we finished our time in Joshua Tree National Park and we were driving back to where we were going to be staying that night further into civilization. But on the way back, we're cruising down the road and we see the sign for the 59 cent dig your own cactuses. So I pull into the driveway. (laughs) I love your sound effect there, Kevin. It was good. Do it again for me. Nice. I could just imagine you driving and hearing that That's noise too. That's exactly what we did, actually. So we drive in there, we park, we walk in. Truly, cacti everywhere. And they have little baby ones you can dig out yourself. They give you a little planter to put it in, and they're 59 cents. You can buy as many as you want. I oh. think we have a few of those cacti planted with our succulents sitting on our porch right oh, now. Wow. Are they any bigger? Yeah, they've grown. Oh, well, I killed mine pretty fast. <laughs> you killed your cacti? You don't, you don't have the green thumb like Brittany. You know, I, I hate to keep referring, but like Brittany said, we had gone together as well. And she made sure specifically we went back there and we did our own cacti planting and brought those back just as well, too. So, well, great. I'm, but happy. There was I'm no, happy for you guys. There was no <laughs> You know, I was doing safe driving. Oh. I, don't have, I don't have as good a sound effect. You had drive. a, you were forewarned of where you were going. I was just like, there it is. All right. That's a fair assessment. I'll accept it. <laughs> so after we dug our own cacti, we headed into downtown Palm Springs to hit up a restaurant for dinner. And we went downtown Palm Springs, but we weren't staying in downtown Palm Springs. So we had to drive Why there. Why weren't we staying in downtown Because Palm we were going cheap. I think Brittany asked me, like, how much do you want to spend on a hotel? And I said, as little as possible. Yes, you did. <laughs> and so we spent as little as possible Ooh. and our hotel showed it. <laughs> I guess you get what you paid for. You know, I've heard stories of this Red Roof Inn. What are it's you talking about? Like you, a, didn't a, we stay there? No, we did not stay at that Red Roof Inn because you <laughs> learned your lesson. But I've heard numerous stories about I this mean, red roof in at any time we're looking at hotels in the future when the squad's booking places or going somewhere whenever it's a red roof in that we see they always make reference to how janky and shady this one is and is the one that we're looking at now going to be like this? i mean the inside wasn't the worst we had two beds five girls and we made it work and that was fine it wasn't like anything nice inside but it wasn't the worst but Describe the, the outside. Um, a lot of congregations of questionable people that may or may not have been living there. They did have continental breakfast for free, though. What? Oh, what a deal. This mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the highlight. Up. That's the highlight. Yes, we had a lot of mini muffins and coffee. Uh-huh. How was the coffee? It was okay. Okay. Not, not memorable. Not memorable, but yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we went to downtown Palm Springs, which is about a 20-minute drive from where we're staying for dinner. And if you're in this area, highly recommend doing that. Downtown Palm Springs is so lively. It's 
got such a retro vibe. There's a lot of good restaurants. There's good nightlife. I can't remember exactly what restaurant we went to, but any restaurant you choose, there's going to be a lot of good options to choose from. Did you guys hit a Pakistan? Oh, no, you know Pakistan it. And- <laughs> <laughs> Brittany didn't. Her and Deja passed out. Me and the Chelsea's got a bottle of wine and watched TV and hung out. <laughs> AKA Hakazan. <laughs> Hakazan Red Roof. There you go. You're taking it with you wherever you go. Yes, we are. So the next day, we wanted to continue our adventure and we were headed out to the hike we were telling you about, Painted Canyon Ladder Trail. Such a cool trail. This is the trail that inspired us to take this trip. Is this trail in Joshua Tree or is this outside? Okay. Outside. It's just in Palm Desert somewhere. You can look it up. We drove there. It probably took about 45 minutes to drive there and when you get deep in you're driving on gravel rocks it's not a paved road once you get close enough and you lose cell phone service yikes this is another squad tip that we have for you squad tip coming in squad tip so we looked up this hike beforehand and i'm so glad that we did that we took pictures of what it said on the web page because we're looking for like mile markers and we're headed down this gravel road and we're losing cell reception and the hike itself is unmarked there's not a trail marker so using the internet to take pictures of what it says online to find the trailhead was essential really mm-hmm. yeah we were kind of using it along the way because like Brittany said there are no mile markers or direction markers there would be here and there arrows painted on the rocks that would tell you which way was the right way to go you know what would have come in clutch what run keeper yeah we didn't have Run Keeper The going. thing is, though, mm-hmm. it's not a trail. The name, Painted Canyon Ladder Trail, there are ladders that you have to climb up to get into the next elevated section where you may have to climb over rocks or down the ladders. So you're going through these slot canyons that are just, you don't know where the next turn is. It's a loop, so you're not coming out and back. So I don't think the Run Keeper would have been too beneficial mm-hmm. in this case. Nonetheless, it really sounds like a fun trail, though. Oh my God, it was so much fun. Yeah, so it looks like... When we first got there, we were parked on this gravel road and we're just walking on this bed of rocks and it's on the valley floor. We're like, where is... on either side of us, it's like 200 feet tall rocks and you're walking into it. Right. And so we're like, how do we get into this trail? Like, how are we going to find it? We're just walking down and all of a sudden we see this big ass arrow made of rocks and the arrow is pointing in the direction of where you start to enter the slot canyon. And you really wouldn't see the point you go into if you weren't looking. It just looks like piles of rocks. Because it's not it's not a marked trailhead. Mm-hmm. So you got to really get lucky and make sure you see that. Yeah, yeah. And once you get into it, there's really only one way to go. You just keep going until you get through it. Now, are the ladders built by wood or are they steel that's bolted into the rock? I think just out of general most, curiosity. I think they were mostly steel, but they weren't bolted into anything. Okay. In most cases, right? Right. I think so. And, and then- the ladders were probably like six feet tall ladders. So you're not like laddering up huge spaces, but you do have to ladder up a bit many times. Yeah. When we first entered the slot canyon right away, we had to climb up some ladders. Mm -hmm. And we have pictures that we'll post, but like you just look like a tiny speck. There's no like definition of walls. So it's just, it's it's really crazy. I can't even describe what it looks like, but it's, it's such a cool hike. Like we have mentioned in our episode for 
doing the American Southwest. We've been in slot canyons before. Antelope Canyon was a slot canyon. In this Painted Canyon Trails was a slot canyon as well. So we were hiking from the valley up to the top of where the slot is. Then we were looping around and then we're hiking back down into it. And along the way, we're following these arrows because there's not really a specific trail. Mm -hmm. And then so once you pop out of the slot canyon, you pop out into a vast open mountain range area. And then you can see the trail there. And we walked along the trail there, but it's just like miles and miles of vast desert mountain area, which was really cool. There was a couple other people on the trail at that point that we saw. Actually, at all the points, a couple of people. Yeah, and I think we were talking to one lady who was like, oh, continue to follow the arrows. There's going to be arrows all the way around the trail Mm -hmm. because she had done that before. So you do Slot Canyon, pop out, mountain range walk and then you pop back into the slot canyon on another side and when you pop back into the slot canyon one of the ways to get back in you had to take a rope down do you remember that before you and got rappel to the, down and rappel down mm-hmm. before we got to the ladder yep that was really cool we we're building so much character why have you ladies not said let's go back and do this as a squad i would love to go back and do this one yeah, I, would I really too. would I mean, you're, I mean i always go on the hikes and they're fun but i very rarely am intrigued by someone just verbally describing I mean, a hike to me, and I am very intrigued by this one. I would say this is one of my favorite hikes I've ever done. Top five. It's similar, but very different from the one we did in Death Valley, the one where we had to crawl through tiny spaces. Yeah, well, when you guys were saying that you were on the ladders and crawling over and under stuff, I was even going to say that. Similar. It kind of reminded me of Death Valley a little bit, minus the ladder itself. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, let's uh, make a pact here. Is it March, April, October, or November 2020. This, are we doing this? This is an easy one. We can just, we could even do a day trip, honestly. We could honestly. do a day trip for this. Dang. Yeah. All right, guys, wait for that future episode. It'll be coming. Can't wait. Meet us out back. there. We'll do a group hike. <laughs> <laughs> group hike. Group hike. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon-lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy-free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Travel Squad Podcast at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. 
We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian Island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. After the hike, which took, how long would you say? About three-ish hours? Probably three-ish hours. I don't know if we talked about how long the loop was, but it was a five-mile loop approximately. Usually a hike is about 30 minutes per mile, but this one maybe was a little bit more just because of how you have to climb and we took so So many many pictures. pictures. (laughs) A real quick question before we move on off of this one. Just came to my mind right now. I know you're saying you're climbing in and out of the slot canyon, but was the majority of it shaded or were you sun exposed for the majority of it? Everything in the slot canyon is shaded Shaded. by the rocks but then for that portion that you're walking along the mountain range it is sun exposed but so majority exposed or not exposed non exposed okay say. okay i would say 50 50 because you do have to walk along the canyon bed too which is yeah and even though we were there in october we shed our sweaters we weren't wearing sweaters so yeah it, was, it wasn't bad very nice i'd love to go back and do the painted canyon trail again we're gonna do it as a squad squad trip squad trip so then after the hike it was still fairly early in the day and we wanted to see the salton sea which is An interesting place if you've never heard of it because this lake is known for its dead fish, which normally it wouldn't be a tourist attraction to want to go see a lake with dead fish, but it's pretty cool. So picture this, a deserted lake, literally deserted. There are pieces of wood and an old ancient boat on the shore. It just looks gray and deserted. And there's dead fish bones in the shape of the fish still scattered across the shore. Everywhere. And it stinks. And it's a little stinky. And the reason why there's a whole bunch of dead fish is because once a year this certain algae blooms and kills all of the fish and because the salton sea is so salty i mean it's saltier than seawater so the fish die and then they're preserved due to the amount of salt that's in the water and they wash up on shore completely preserved that's crazy so here's mm-hmm. my question though okay so let's say the algae comes and kills off all the fish but then how do new fish get in so they can die next year it doesn't kill them all off it kills off a majority mm. we also saw a bunch of weird stuff when we were there we saw these people like get out of their car in these weird costumes yeah do a photo shoot do a photo shoot there's a bunch of hipsters out there like super into it and yeah the the abandoned boat was pretty cool too i was able to pick up one of the dead carcasses by the tail fully intact and pick it up and take a picture that looked like i was trying to lick it (laughs) so this was kind of what we had planned and i think Brittany knew a little bit more about what was in the area but we hadn't really planned anything But she was like, you guys, I saw something. Let's go to it. And I don't even think you 
told us what it was, but you were like, just drive to this address. It's right up the road. Yep. Something I would do. So we get there and it's a gas station with a big banana stuffed animal outside, like life-size six feet banana. And the gas station is attached to the The International International Banana Banana Museum. Museum. Stop the press. (laughs) What? International. That's Banana crazy. Museum. Yes. Have, this is like the only part of the trip that I've heard about. And this is like my favorite part. So I thought it was going to be a bunch of bananas, different types of international bananas, but that's not what it was. No, it's a collection of 25,000 banana related items. And by banana related items, we mean like figurines, pictures with bananas incorporated into it. Toys, costumes. B- banana hammocks. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't put it past it. <laughs> banana flavored food so they had banana bread banana ice cream oh they yeah had- there's a bar in there it used to be a bar then they turned it into a banana museum and so the bar is still there but they have all these banana foods for sale you know you guys always talk it up but at the same time i can't help but think to myself like this is something that would for sure just be in the desert yep absolutely it's a <laughs> desert attraction typical desert attraction so it costs one dollar to get inside and we were like damn we really want to pay the dollar (laughs) how about if you had a banana do you think that you could exchange it well it's not necessary because you get your dollar back if you buy food which we did we bought milkshakes the bananas foster's milkshake was so good i was gonna say it has to be banana milkshake right to help me they had other i'm sure they did but if you walked out of the banana museum and didn't get a banana milkshake if that's an option you guys failed the banana fosters (laughs) was so good yeah and i got the skewer and on the skewer it was rotating pieces of banana dipped in chocolate with a piece of banana bread so it was like (laughs) a piece of banana dipped in chocolate then banana bread and then again the banana banana bread all down a skewer they took the whole skewer they dipped it in chocolate and then they sprinkled walnuts on top of it to eat it was gourmet and the people that worked there were so into it they kept having all these banana jokes oh god i wish i could remember one do you remember i don't remember any but she was just going like literally everything she said was a banana joke you could tell like not a lot of people come here but she did say michael Sarah came michael Sarah, and he bought a banana museum t-shirt you know that seems like something Michael Sarah would do. Like you just say that. It's like Michael Sarah. Why does that not surprise me that he went uh, to the Banana Museum? I think my favorite thing is the fact that you guys took a oh, yes. group shot in banana gear. Okay, so we're walking around the museum, checking out all the banana stuff, and we stumble upon a barrel of costumes, banana costumes, and we're like, oh my god. Did it even say, was there a sign saying you can try it on? Yep, there was a sign. We were like, oh my God, we can try these on. And so we all quickly put on banana costumes. I think we had three people wearing banana costumes. We had two people just wearing like big yellow clothing and hats. And then we had two life-size banana stuffed animals in this picture. And the lady who's telling all of the banana jokes is also our photographer who's super into this photo shoot. So we do some poses and then she's like... She's telling us what poses to get into. (laughs) She's like, okay, do the boy band pose where you look this way, you kneel, you do this, and then taking our photos. And we're like, hell yeah. Got got some good shots. (laughs) (laughs) In the International Banana Museum. They're coming up on Instagram. Everyone, be sure to check oh, it I'm out. Oh, I'm sure they're on Instagram. <laughs> no, I know they are, but for this episode. 
Right. I remember Brittany even had a patient whose lifelong dream was to go to the Banana Museum. And yeah, so you guys know that I'm a hospice nurse. So I do make patient visits. And I was at a patient's house once and I asked him, you know, what goals do you have? Because these are hospice patients and we're trying to make sure that they're achieving the goals that they're setting out before they're under the life. And he mentions to me that he wants to go visit the International Banana Museum. And I say to him, the one next to the Salton Sea? And his head whipped so fast in my direction and was like, you know it? And I said, yeah, I've been to it. (laughs) And I whip out my phone and I show him a photo to prove it. And let me tell you guys, he did get to go visit the International Banana Museum before he passed. Oh, that's nice. That's such a sweet story. So to continue on with this desert wildness. Just up the road from the Banana Museum is a place called Salvation Mountain, which is quite the sight to see. Yeah, in fact, it's labeled a hillside visionary environment. And it was created by a gentleman named Leonard Knight. And it's a huge, colorful monument that honors his love for God. And there's big like paintings on it that says like God is love. There's a big cross on the top. It's this huge mountain that's completely painted. And there's like a yellow brick road that's painted that you can walk up. There's just weird rooms you can go into too. Yeah, I haven't been there. I've heard about it even before you ladies went, but it almost looks like it's made out of clay, at least from the photos, just the type of bright colors. I don't want to say clay. I should say Play-Doh because it has different colors of like green, yellow, and it looks like he's made this on the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. It is actually created of clay, straw, and hay, and paint. It looks like Play-Doh from the photos. It may look different in person, but from the photos, it looks like Play-Doh. Yeah, so the mountain is the biggest straw, but then to the side of it, there's these rooms that you can go into and just like, there's just so much to see inside of there. So much weird stuff. I did some research after we went and did you know one of the rooms that we went into, it was one of the dome-shaped rooms. He was actually intending to live in it and Mm -hmm. he never ended up living there because he decided to live out of his truck instead. Ah, but this is also a place we're going to see a ton of hipsters, a ton of people there just taking pictures. It's um, a tourist draw. Yeah, for sure. There was tons of people there. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. How much time did you spend at Salvation Mountain? And does it cost anything to go to it? Doesn't cost anything to go because the gentleman is dead. People have contributed to the preservation of it and people have donated lots of paint. But I would say we were there for maybe an hour. Yeah, you can see it all in that amount of time for sure. And then just up the road from here is a place called East Jesus or Slab City, which is another very interesting desert place. The desert is weird, y'all. <laughs> I don't it know. It's odd. You want to know an interesting thing? Again, girls trip, haven't been here, but after they told me about Slab City, I did a little bit of research and it's the only place in California where law enforcement doesn't go and patrol or do anything in that area. It's almost like a lazy fair attitude of just like, let it be. Their hands are off of it. They don't mess with anything that goes on over there. Because they would be busy all day if they were patrolling the area. Yeah. Like murder someone out there. I mean, they're going to go investigate, but they are not there patrolling, looking for things going on. I mean, the girls will get into 
it, I'm sure, but there's squatters, there's just people Yeah, there's out a lot th- of abandoned RVs or that look like they would be abandoned, but perhaps they have people there. There was a hostel. Yes, that would be <laughs> scary to stay at. It was just, it was scary. Very deserted. A lot of what you would imagine abandoned areas would have, like tires and broken windows and wood and just like random shit everywhere. Didn't you ladies say part of it is an RV community of people having stuff there, living there. I suppose. Or like little shanty sheds, whatever you want to call it. Right. But don't people put signs up where it'll say occupied so no one then Mm -hmm. comes in and chooses to squat there. You know, it's like, let it be known. Like if it's listed as occupied, somebody's here, just not here at this moment. Like don't take it. Yeah. So literally this town is a town of squatters. And it's not a small town. We were driving through. They have dirt roads that we were driving through. So it's not like a small, just like a block. It's a big area. Yeah. And it used to be a Marine Corps training base. And when the Marine Corps stopped using it as a training base, they deconstructed and tore down the buildings. And all they left was the concrete slabs. So hence the name Slab City. And that's why it does look like a destructed town and has that feel. And so people have built up on those slabs and like made little shacks that they live in, or it's a big RV community. They'll park their trailer next to it. And you can tell kind of which areas are occupied by some of the squatters there. There was one house we passed or there might have been more but like signs up that would say weird things about God or anti-government or like aliens. It just had weird signs that added to the creepy vibe. And then in East Jesus, they had all this like desert art. So when I say desert art, it'd be like chandeliers made of beer bottles. (laughs) (laughs) Or there was a tree, the soul tree that had, what was it? It was shoes hanging from the tree and surrounding the trunk base and it was called the soul tree it was very interesting Mm -hmm. there was a bedazzled truck had rhinestones and bottle caps and other shiny knickknacks plastered all over it and that was literally the name of the truck the bedazzled truck such an interesting episode (laughs) you know they have a vice news you ladies ever heard of vice news oh yeah they have a vice news series talking about slab city i bet it's very interesting it is interesting i've watched it it's actually really unique you can absolutely type in east jesus slab city salvation mountain all these places into youtube and see it for yourself they're just wild you have to see it to believe it the desert man the desert man (laughs) so we're driving up this road and we've already seen the soul tree we've already seen the bedazzled truck and we hear that there is an art sculpture garden in east jesus and that's what we wanted to go and do next and so we're driving along the road and like kim said there are interesting signs plastered in front of people's homes and there was a really interesting sign i'm not quite sure what it said that chelsea wanted to take a picture of so tell us what happens kim so we stopped the car right in front of the fence so she can get out and take a picture and she gets out and she's ready to snap the photo and a guy from behind the fence pops up and scares her and he's all we don't like pictures around here some crazy stuff i would not want to make god you know being there and seeing the other tourists would be one thing but actually coming across a resident and there would freak the shit out of me yeah (laughs) or chelsea okay okay bye it scared us and like i would have not wanted to be in just like a one or two person group i am so glad that there was five of us so we were like okay this place is a little creepy 
creepy. Maybe we <laughs> won't go inside the art garden and maybe we'll just drive by it. So that's what we did. We drove by the East Jesus Art Sculpture Garden. But apparently there's like a whole bunch of things made out of junk. They're using like plastic bottles, glass bottles, wood scraps, broken mannequins, doll faces. Like that was like the weird thing. Like there is like deconstructed dolls. Yeah. Like just creepy shit. Like hills have eyes. Kind of weird stuff oh, i hated that movie that movie was terrible so we only drove by <laughs> that section and while we were on our way to east jesus we hit a split in the road and there was a sign saying <laughs> to the left is east jesus and to the right is west satan mm, so uh <laughs> which spork did you choose <laughs> we actually drove them both <laughs> oh, gosh. could be a trick you would think jesus would be safe but it's the dangerous one and satan would be the dangerous one and it's the safe one i don't know Mm. Well, apparently West Satan was previously called West Jesus, but the people that lived in that area got into a fight about the city. And so they renamed themselves West Satan instead of West Jesus. Oh, some, uh... the desert. I don't know what more to say <laughs> other than the desert, man. Awesome. Like, I'm really jealous of this trip that you ladies took because as creepy as it sounds in this area specifically of Slab City, it sounds super, super fun. Yeah, it was. It was just a fun day of exploring and seeing things that we didn't plan to see, but that were a sight to be seen. I would have liked to see Chelsea's face. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody's face to be scared for that matter in that area. Even like when you're saying that, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, mm. All right. I, I definitely would have cried. I'm going to make a squad suggestion. Okay. Are you ladies ready for it? Give it mm-hmm. to us. We go camping out there. <laughs> you're crazy. Stay in the hostel? Ooh. I, feel I would like, feel safer at camping than in a hostel. Yeah, I was going to say, ooh, I'd rather camp out there. So from the Salton Sea, that pretty much summed up our trip. We were closer to home, and that's why we planned our trip this way. And so from East Jesus, it took us about two and a half hours to drive home to San Diego. Like we previously mentioned, Kim started off the drive, and once we hit those windy, scary roads. Yeah, in East San Diego, (laughs) she pulled off to the side. I jumped in to the driver's spot. And I drove us home safely. Mm-hmm. Kim, what this is fun. telling me all I need to know about your driving skills. Take note. <laughs> Take <laughs> note kidding. when you're tired and want to trade. <laughs> so question for you, going back to West Satan, is there anything specific that like stuck out to you guys there or just like it was just super weird? There was nothing particular like that portion seemed to be more closed off to the public mm-hmm. so we could only drive the area and kind of do a loop also so not as much art to take in on that side but let me ask you something so i know you were saying slab city east jesus west satan is east jesus and west satan different areas of slab city or are these different okay yes. right. so all of it's slab city but these are just their own little yes communal things yeah so just imagine driving through a town on a road and you're seeing all like all of this art the soul tree the bedazzled truck and then when you're down the end of the main street it splits into these two communities it's on the other side of the tracks except it's on the other side of the the desert or the road or whatever you want to say anything you guys want to know about this trip seeing as how we're going to take it ourselves come pretty soon if it's two and a half hours away i mean it sounds like a real easy one to do yeah i want to do it i want to go sounds like a great day trip yes it does excellent all right that sums up this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in to keep the adventure going please be sure to follow us on instagram and tag us in all of your adventures and send us in those questions of the week and if you found the information in this episode to be useful or just thought we were plain funny please share it with a friend that would enjoy it too please subscribe rate and review our podcast and tune in every travel tuesday 
for new episodes. Make sure to pack your bags and grab your passports because next week we are taking you with us to Lebanon. Lebanon 2020! Going to the Mideast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.